Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Why are the sports guys getting into the politics? I mean, they've been doing it for years, and they always do it. I shouldn't say always. That's not fair. In, in, the, in the majority of cases, they do it horrifically. It always to the political left. And when they try to do it to the political right, they, it, it's so far over the top, populism versus anything of a basis, uh, that, that it's laughable. But they keep doing it with impunity. And then I've got people who get on my case because I'm doing more sports stuff. I should leave it to them. Stephen A. Smith gets to say whatever he wants, and somehow I'm, I have to be in a box? Holy hell, that ain't happening. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Stephen A. Smith over there at ESPN, very upset with Texas Governor Greg Abbott. This is about legislation that says that the state, meaning state law enforcement, can make arrests regarding illegal immigrants. And Stephen A. Smith is angry. Greg Abbott, you ever heard of him? He's the governor for the state of Texas. On Monday, that governor, Governor Abbott, signed a bill into law that will allow the police to arrest migrants who entered the U.S. illegally. This law, which takes effect in March, allows any Texas law enforcement officer to arrest people who are suspected of entering the country illegally. Uh, First, uh, we just took Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado for insurrection, which he was never charged with and was never found guilty of. So maybe calm down just a bit or engage a little bit of applying a thought process all across the spectrum. Uh, Secondly, what's your issue? What is your issue? In, in Arizona, going back over a decade, there was Senate Bill 1070, which said that when police were engaged in a lawful stop, detention, or arrest, they could ask the country of origin, what country are you from? That was met with a huge amount of derision. As a matter of fact, you had people saying, don't come to Arizona. Members of the Arizona delegation of Congress saying, don't come to Arizona, don't have conventions in Arizona. It was surreal. Stephen A. Smith goes on to say, this bad, ladies and gentlemen, this is a disgrace. It's inhumane, and it opens the floodgate to further divide our nation because when you have law enforcement that literally can arrest people over a suspicion, think about that for a second. People can be arrested who are suspected of entering the country illegally. He continues, do you realize that means a law enforcement official can walk up to somebody and say, all right, they look Hispanic. Okay, their English is broken. They don't speak fluent English. So that could be a cause for me to arrest them. And then, of course, he screams that it's racist. If Stephen A. Smith was more honest about his um, engagement, he would discuss that Texas is in a very bad spot. And this bad spot has now been felt by New York and Chicago, Martha's Vineyard, etc., as Texas has sent people who are in the country illegally uh, to these places and sent them because they need to feel what it is Texas feels because these people are not entering Texas. They're entering the United States. 
They're coming to the United States, but you think it should be a Texas problem. Texas can't get help from the federal government. Joe Biden fails to do the job. Congress, and you can argue that Republicans and Democrats failed to do the job. So Greg Abbott is trying to do the job. The idea that the position of Abbott is one of racism is proof that Stephen A. Smith has not spent much time on the position, that he lacks the study to be able to engage it properly. Now, this happens when people want to be seen as good as opposed to actually thinking through a position. What is happening is that Greg Abbott is reacting to a lack of effort and a lack of desire and a lack of need by saying we have to fill in the gaps. And it isn't predicated on the idea of racism. It's predicated on the reality that people are coming in. They're coming in in droves, whether it be in Texas or whether it be in Lukeville, Arizona, or, or other places. And your answer, Stephen A. Smith, is, oh, well, your answer to the people of Texas, look, I get it, you hate the Cowboys, but your answer to the people of Texas is too bad. And I believe that Greg Abbott should send the next batch of people who are in the country illegally to your doorstep. They should live with you, Stephen A. Smith. That's exactly what, if I'm Greg Abbott, I send them directly to Stephen A. Smith's door or I send them directly to Bristol, uh, Connecticut, to the ESPN offices. Have you no regard for what it is Texas is going through? Do you have no regard for the lack of, of, of decency within the border conversation? Let me give you the latest data, Stephen A. Smith. Data being something that I don't know if you work with. It seems that you work with anger and you work with, 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 with emotional pablum as opposed to anything else. Here it is. This woman from Colombia crossed into the United States illegally as many, many people do. So she was told, here's your date to check in with ICE, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. You can do it in New York City in 2031. Eight years from now, that's when she checks in. For eight years, she's in the country illegally. Do you think we should do something about that? Do you think that we should have an enforcement mechanism regarding that? Do you think we should make changes about that? I would hope your answer is yes, Stephen A. Smith. I don't know what it is. But the idea that the Texas law enforcement folk are all a bunch of racists and we've signed racism into law and we're now going to go and we're going to go get those brown people. My God, you don't even understand what's happening at the border. Do you understand how many people are OTM? Do you know what OTM stands for other than Mexican? How many people are not South American or Central American? The numbers of Chinese nationals we have coming across the border, this work for you? Does this work for you? Joe Biden does nothing. Congress refuses to act because you have people on the politically left side of the aisle who want open borders and want the drain on America. Then you have the non-governmental organizations at the border who teach people to lie and claim asylum. Those people, by the way, should go to jail for hundreds of years. Teaching people to lie to enter the country illegally, that is a crime, I would argue, treasonous. You go to jail or, or worse, and we can have that conversation. Texas 
is trying to solve a problem. Well, they're solving it with racism. No. You decided it was racist because you wanted a real feel-good take for your show as opposed to asking what it is we're dealing with. In any situation, anywhere, I think that you could say, well, the problem with legislation like this is that you could have this issue. That would be rational. It would be rational to say legislation like this can lead to an issue. Never mind the idea that you're going after brown people. You could be going after Americans and questioning Americans who should not necessarily be questioned because, after all, they're American citizens. But if you're not willing to dig deep into the actual issue, which is the failure to protect the border, what have you got? What have you got? Now, maybe if I go about listening to more and more of Stephen A. Smith, he comes to these, these conclusions and, 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 and these thoughts. Maybe he does. But the idea that you're going to start by screaming it's a disgrace and it's racist. He says, somebody needs to say it, so I'm going to say it. Well, you're so brave. You're so brave, Stephen A. Smith. It's a racist-ass thing to do. Suspicion? Suspected of entering the country illegally? How can you be suspected of entering the country illegally? What what do you even mean by that? Are you saying that nobody can, can, can be suspected of this? The police get reports and they engage a suspect who they believe has broken the law and they engage questioning. Is your argument that that shouldn't happen? Is, is this your argument? That no question can take place? That's a weird statement to make. The amount of people crossing right now, whether it be at Eagle Pass or whether it be in Lukeville, you have, as Griff Jenkins of Fox News explained to us, Border Patrol overwhelmed 200 to 1. 200 to 1. We're losing this battle. But I don't think that bothers Stephen A. Smith because, you know, he's got his enclave and he's got his his, his money. He's going to have front row tickets uh, to whatever game LeBron's playing in. So he's good. He's fine. No issues, no problems. Engaging a problem with a piece of legislation is a rational thing to do. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. But not looking at the larger issue of the border and saying, look at what Texas is trying to do to be able to protect the people of Texas of all colors because the Biden administration won't, that's the story. That's the story. And you're not willing to do it. You're not willing to engage it. You're not even willing to begin to understand it. What you wanna do is show, look how decent I am. I asked the question this way. Are, are you? Are, are you decent? I'm asking you a question. This position that you've taken, is this the decent position? That you should have less ways of dealing with the border issue. Of dealing with those crossing the border illegally. Of Texans being able to protect and defend themselves. You scream it's racism. Did you ask? 
Hey, how does this get implemented? Hey, how do you protect uh, people's rights? Which would be, of course, citizens' rights. Because people who are not citizens, and, and this may come as, as a shock to you, Stephen A. Smith, um, what rights? I, didn't think, I don't think you should be uh, cruel. I'm asking the question, what rights? What rights do they have? And the answer is none constitutionally. None constitutionally. You could even go so far as to say that legislation like this is unconstitutional. You might have an argument, and I don't mind you making that argument. But you're not making an argument logically. You're making an argument screaming about racism as opposed to dealing with an issue. And honestly, that's not helpful. As a matter of fact, it's boring as hell. The legislation is not a disgrace. That our country refuses to act upon having a safe and secure border. That's the disgrace, Stephen A. Smith. That's the disgrace. So when we take a look, when we ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this legislation? This comes from the total failure of the Biden administration. And yes, a total failure of Congress. But let me go just a step further really quickly to Stephen A. Smith's screaming of, uh, of, of racism. Man, that is, that is uh, the low-grade dog food right there. That's the lowest common denominator stuff. Calling Texas law enforcement, calling Greg Abbott, calling Texans bigots and racists, as opposed to what they are, exhausted of being abused and wanting to find a way to make their state safer, therefore the country safer. You can argue this isn't it. But just calling them racists because, well, that's easy and that's what your audience will lap up. Don't ask me to have any respect for that and don't get me to somehow think that Stephen A. Smith on this subject is some kind of mind. Nah. Nah, this was just lowest common denominator drivel without an understanding and a basis, uh, a recognition of exactly how ugly the border is. Just screaming racism? My gosh, anybody could do that. I might as well be listening to Jamel Hill. You want to play in the space, Stephen A. Smith? Go play. I'm not a shut up and dribble guy. You go do. I'm going to do sports. You do the politics. But could you be better at it? Could you have a take that actually moves people to a thought as opposed to just being any old troll on Twitter X? I mean, you're you're Stephen A. Smith. Act like it. This is Tony Katz today. By this time tomorrow, I expect to have much more data, be able to share more about the the shooting in Prague uh, that that got reported on in downtown, and we don't really have numbers 
yet on people who were killed. We don't have uh, suspects. Don't get me wrong. Things are going to come out. There's going to be people discussing it uh, today. It's going to be all over social media. As always, I take a moment and I wait. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Uh, uh, so this took place in the Republic. I'm sorry, in, in the Czech Republic, in the capital uh, there in, in, in Prague. Um, some reports saying 10 people dead, 30 others injured. I'm telling you, these things will change. These things will, these stories will morph tomorrow. I hope to have more for you on the subject. What I do have for you is this story about investing in China, which cannot be allowed. I mean, if you as an individual want to take your money and put it into some kind of Chinese investment, I don't know necessarily if I should be able to stop you. But on a national security side, uh, maybe. Maybe just investing in China overall is not something that should be allowed because they should not be supported. But we're taking a look at this reporting from uh, the New York Post where a group called the Future Union found that 56 of the largest 74 American pension plans put money into the Chinese market over the past 36 months. We're talking about billions, $68 billion invested into China where their economy is getting rocked. Uh, if you invested in like Evergrande or Country Garden, these these real estate uh, firms, you're getting destroyed. They're not able to pay back. They're losing billions, like $80 billion. Most importantly, one does not invest in China. There's a national security issue at play. You do not give these people support. You do not give these people protection. You do not in any way, shape, or form help these people at all or in any way. But the second part of it is you're putting pensions in? People who depend on this for their retirement? You're investing in China? That's nuts. That's dangerous. When, when, when you've put into one of these groups that goes uh, belly up, because they will... I mean, China will do things to prop things, uh, companies up and, and, and provide support, but they will go belly up. What are you going to tell the pensioners? What are you going to tell those people who are relying on you? We're talking about, by the way, pensions out of, out of California. And you're like, oh, it's California. How about out of Texas? How about the university system? Now, there's something else regarding the university system. Universities should not be allowed to take money from China. That should be against the law. China should have no influence on universities at all. Who cares what the professors want? Who cares what the, what the uh, administrators want? I don't care about them. I care about the safety and security of the United States, not the, uh, the safety and, and security of, of their retirement fund or the vacations they want to take. To hell with the professors. To hell with the administration. As a nation, we do not allow the Chinese to have any influence on U.S. universities. As a matter of fact, we don't even allow Chinese students in U.S. universities. No more of these, these visas. And by the way, you can apply that to a whole bunch of countries. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's a bad idea. But the investment is really dangerous. There's no way that there's a level of safety here. There's just no way. And so I, I, I'm loath to be the guy who's like, there ought to be a law. I hate being that guy. 
But this is a national security conversation, and and we're nuts if we allow this to happen. We are nutty if we allow it to happen. Find it all at TonyCats.com, but you already know that, guys. This is Tony Katz Today. So now we're back to visitor restrictions. This what I'm seeing? Is this what I'm seeing? The story is, is that Marion County, that's Indianapolis, the health department encouraging the hospital groups, whether it be IU Health or Ascension St. Vincent, Franciscan, Eskenazi, and Community Health Network to reinstate restrictions because of the rise of respiratory viruses. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-468-8669. 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony. Look, I, I've had a cold. I, I guess if, if I did 27 more levels of testing, it would be a respiratory issue. I'm still coughing a little bit. I feel fine. Still coughing a, a, a little bit. And finally, uh, slept last night because the night before, not only did I not sleep, but I swear to you, I thought I had been drugged. It was a super... Super weird night. Last night, uh, out, out like a, a, a light slept well. In the past, or it got in the past somewhat confusing, this according to Dr. Virginia Kane, the same doctor who engaged lockdowns and other things during COVID. You remember in Indianapolis, just like in the state of Indiana, the mayor, Joe Hogsett, just like the governor, uh, Eric Holcomb, gave up their role as executive and handed it over to a doctor uh, in Marion County, Virginia Kane, in in uh, the state, uh, Christina Box, and said, you're in charge. Have a nice day. Now, that's no way to run a state or a city, in, in my view. You're the elected official. What uh, Virginia Kane is saying, the director and chief medical officer of the Marion County Public Health Department, one hospital said one thing and another hospital had different things, but this is the most effective from an infection control standpoint of having all the recommendations to the public where we are all united. You're, you're forcing them to do this. I don't know if they, if they feel united. This uh, has, says that the hospitals are joining together and the restrictions include no visitors under the age of 18, only two people allowed in at a time in most cases, and no visitors who are sick or have any symptoms themselves. Now, wait a second. You don't need some kind of gathering uh, of hospital uh, administrators to understand that if you're sick, maybe you don't go to the hospital, meaning you don't go visit somebody in the hospital. Symptoms like fever, cough, headache, muscle and joint pain, sore throat or runny nose. Yeah, you don't bring that in. And people know that hospitals are places where you're gonna, where you can probably get sick. There are things, it's a hospital. It's where the sick people are. There are things everywhere. But what are we, are, are, are we saying that, are we working our way to the idea that uh, grandpa's ill and you can't say goodbye as he's dying? We're going to get back to this? My advice. My advice. You're going to do what you want. Uh, don't pay any attention to that. The idea that a hospital would have certain rules and certain regulations, like it has visiting hours, etc., I've never had any issue with. And in, in the vast amount of cases, I would pay attention to visiting hours. Now, if my wife were really ill, I wouldn't pay any attention to visiting hours. I'm staying right there. You all figure it out. Not interested in your policies. I'm going to be next to my wife. 
That's my deal with her, and you don't get to decide that deal. I'd rather fight you. Now, everybody is different and will do things as they see fit. This isn't about whether or not a, a hospital has, has a rule or, or, or a set of rules. This seems to be another round of fear-based insanity. I make no argument to the idea that we're seeing, you know, cases of RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, and people getting sick. I'm right here dealing with this stupid lingering cold. Well, Tony, it's COVID. I don't know, maybe. What's the point of getting tested? What is it going to tell me? What is it going to do for anybody? Nothing. Zero. Zip. I have spoken to doctors. I have taken care of myself. I engage medication. I get best the best rest I possibly can, even though uh, every now and then it doesn't work out. That's it. That's exactly what I'm supposed to do, what a rational person does. Sometimes something lingers. So first, let's not get into a panic. One of the things that we, we, could, we could state clearly and kind of be proud of is that the, the, these things have been going on around the country and people haven't lost their minds. And now I see this, and I wonder if we're trying to lead people into losing their minds. Don't freak. And I don't think hospitals should be engaged in the idea of adding on to the freak out. Whoa up. Being smart is different than, than being radical. I think it's, it makes perfect sense. If you're not feeling well, don't visit somebody in the hospital. But the idea that I can't visit my my grandfather or, or my, my aging parent because somebody else thinks there's a problem and, and, and I shouldn't be able to visit them. and, and Nah, that's, that's silly. Silly. And, and statements like this and this, this coming together to uh, put together visitor restrictions, I think it creates fear. I think it's a very, very bad idea. I think that working in coordination uh, as, as you are with the Marion County Public Health Department in, in this kind of public way is sending a fear message. I'm out. I'm out and, I, and, I'm, and I'm disappointed in you. Uh, mistake. We see that there's a rise in these respiratory issues. You as a hospital are going to make sure people are, are healthy to the very best of your ability. Yeah. Okay. You could have done that without the statements. None of this was necessary. Again, uh, fear-mongering. Now, now, what if I am just, you know, round the bend on this because of everything that happened with COVID and a clear understanding of how people work politically that engaging in the fear helps them to get to some other place? I make no argument that this is just an example of them trying to, uh, you know, in, instill the fear in people and that it'll help them in the election, right? That's the way people go with these things. Oh, they're trying to build this out so you can have mail-in voting because everybody's sick and they or they can they can cheat and they can steal. Um, mail-in voting clearly creates more opportunities for fraud. Uh, that is an, an unassailable position. And there's no doubt there are people on the political left who want that to happen. I don't think that's what this is. What I think this is, is we have to show a unified front.
That's become the new mantra. That's the new wokeness. Their unified front absolutely spreads fear. That's why I oppose it. Guys, just be normal. Just be normal. And accept the fact that this thing is going around. Uh, we, we saw this happening, and it was got referred to as white lung, and we saw advanced cases of pneumonia there in, in areas of Ohio, and a, of course, you saw the issues happening in China. And we talked about it, and they said, oh, it's just normal pathogens. And everyone said, like, I'm going to believe China. The data is in, and time has passed, and it seems to be normal pathogens. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't something bad on the horizon or could be. It's China. Wouldn't trust them as far as I can throw them. But in this conversation of white lung, I think that was one of the, uh, the, the subjects, and the pneumonia and everything else, we discussed it. Hey, we're seeing this. We'll keep an eye on it. What the data shows is that it is indeed normal pathogens. And one of the places, uh, especially when it comes to China, that is confirming this is Taiwan. And their, for, for lack of a better word, their CDC. Taiwan is so aware of anything China is doing in any given moment because they're the ones who live under threat from China every single day that if they thought there was some pathogen issue, some illness issue uh, vis-a-vis China, they would be ringing the bell as loud as they could because it would put pressure on China, it would diminish China's uh, capability and would probably help Taiwan, or at least they would hope it would help them engage a level of survival uh, for, for more time before China decides to engage a one-China policy and take them. So if Taiwan is saying, look, we've looked at this and we're not seeing an advancement in this, that, and the other, this is just the normal stuff, I'm willing to believe that it's just the normal stuff that what we're seeing is just people getting sick. Good flu seasons, bad flu seasons, same thing. This is an RSV kind of season, respiratory syncytial virus kind of season, other respiratory issues, colds. My point is, it, 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 it goes back to this first part. No reason to freak out. No reason to lose one's mind. Being aware means one does not have to lose their head. With this uh, announcement regarding these hospitals, I, 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 I have concern, can I just say it that way, that they're trying to get people to lose their head. That's a, that's a, that's a mistake. Don't lose one's head. And wash your hands. That's, that's good practical advice. As you know, I I am not a doctor, uh, but I have often watched shows on TV uh, about doctors, and I'm I'm pretty sure that should that should be enough. It's Doogie Hauser. This is Tony Katz today. The thing that's most dispiriting to me about the overall Republican reaction is that this should be for them a lifeline. You say that you don't like Trumpism, you'd prefer something else, but you just want, you know, fewer taxes. Here's your opportunity to show some patriotism and some courage 
take that lifeline and coalesce around democracy. Mara Gay is a ridiculous child. She's from the New York Times. She's on the editorial board. Just once again proving uh, how valueless that is. Trump being blocked on the ballot is a chance for Republicans to grab on to freedom? What an irrational position from a radical ideologue. And instead, their cowardice runs so deep, in fact, that uh, they can't even do that. They can't even call out uh, the idea of having somebody who incited an insurrection on the ballot because they're so afraid of Donald Trump and his, his voters. That is really disgraceful, and it really is concerning because there's been a lot of discussion about the need for Republicans to uh, really retake their party. We need people who don't hate Jews and don't hate the Constitution to retake the Democratic Party. But hey, you know, only one thing can be done at a time, I guess. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This is their arguments. This is MSNBC, of course. It's Joy Reid's show. This is the kind of thing that, that she does. This is an irrational conversation. The idea that Republicans should be gleeful and joyful and rallying around this decision in Colorado to keep Trump off the ballot, which is so unconstitutional. It's not so unconstitutional. It is clearly unconstitutional. It's a clearly a misrepresentation of the 14th Amendment. And of course, it should be overturned 9 nothing by the Supreme Court. Why hasn't it happened already? They should grab onto it. If you really care about freedom, you're willing to suppress the vote, Mara Gay, of uh, 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 the, the New York Times, that's exactly what you're doing. Where is Stacey Abrams to scream and yell about voter suppression? The people of Colorado should not be able to decide for themselves and vote. Trump should not be allowed on the ballot. Is How is it not a conversation of voter suppression? I'm surprised this hasn't come up in other places. It's an abuse of power from elites like yourself, progressives, who want to decide that the people shouldn't have a say because you don't like what they may say. You hate the people. You believe you have to decide for the people. You think that the courts should make it impossible for people to make their own choices and only make the choice that you present them and somehow manage to say to them, well, these are the choices. Hey, we we followed the law. It's an abuse. And every rational person sees it. And thank goodness uh, that they see it so they can fight back on it properly. MSNBC is doubling down. MSNBC loves it. It is it is remarkable to witness. Except it's not. This was Rachel Maddow on MSNBC. She was by phone answering the question about or discussing uh, Trump being removed from the ballot in Colorado by the Supreme Court in that 4-3 decision. We're all just trying to absorb this. Um, I mean, uh, listen, I, I think in the, in the broad strokes in terms of our democracy, there are very few magic wands. 
<laughs> there are there are very few sort of um, you know magic spells that you cast that um, make a make a complex and difficult problem go away. That just it just doesn't happen very often in our political system, and I think that we shouldn't be under any illusions um, about the the character and the partisan inclinations, among other things, of of this current Supreme Court as it is constituted. That said, yeah. it is not. It is this is not a crazy thing for a democracy to do. This is mm-hmm. um, this is this is something that was a hallmark of post-war Germany uh, after World War II. This is something that happened to Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil quite recently. This is something that our own Congress did in 1868 after our own civil war, specifically to preclude anybody from holding office in this country who had engaged in insurrection against this country. And so, it's it's not unheard of, but it's. It would it would be an incredible wild card. So you, Rachel Maddow, think that this is something that's that's valuable. You think that this is a a a, a move of democracies to prevent the people from voting. That's a that's an amazing bit of, of spin. A guy who has not been found guilty of insurrection. And a guy who has not been charged with insurrection. Four indictments, no insurrection charge. But you're going to decide that this is a a good move. You understand how little they care. As long as they have the power, as long as they can dominate, as long as they can control. And it's not me saying it. This isn't pie in the sky. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is listening to what it is that the leaders of the left... Their cultural elite feel the air quotes have to say. And what they're saying is you should not be trusted with the vote. The Supreme Court should overturn this immediately. And I'm bothered that they haven't yet. You should be bothered as well. The people who claim that Trump is a threat to democracy, they're the threat. Find everything at TonyKatz.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.